Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we travel to Belgium. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Hello, Matt. Hello, Monty. How are you? I'm very good. How's you? Very well, thank you. Yes. We're all very good. In a bit of a heat wave in the in London at the moment. This is basically our most summery summer point of the year. It gets no hotter than this. Yes, absolutely. Mm, Although it did last year. Got to about 40 degrees last year and over. But yes, this is... Climate change is real. Balmy 27. (laughs) (laughs) And it's actually raining while we're recording this. (laughs) Looks like it's going to thunder. So welcome to the British summer. Yeah. The ever-changing British summer. We know it's going to rain because Glastonbury is happening this weekend. Um, Oh, yes. So, ofs. It's going to (laughs) rain. And the hoppings, which is the fair on Newcastle's town moor. Every year that that comes in in the same week, it always pisses down with rain. (laughs) But we are... Going from the summery summer to the depths of winter. And we're going to take a look back at the Belgian final, which happened all the way back in January. But before that, Matt, do you want to empty your sack? I will empty my sack. My mailbag, to be precise. Who's been getting in touch? Well, there's kind of congratulations in order, actually. And that's to Evan, our ever listener, who we've um, well, we met in Liverpool, actually, Evan. On the dance floor, we're pissed up and he come and said hello to us. So he said, it's my birthday. And the new season of Second Cherry kicks off with a review of the best national final of the year. Oh, happy day. Well, happy day to you, Evan. Yeah. See, we give you what you want. <laughs> well, happy birthday. It's a bit belated now. This was a couple of weeks ago. But um, yeah, happy birthday. I hope you enjoyed it. Our friend Philip at uh, On Europe also tweeted us and said, I'm doing a new series of review cast too. Uh, they clearly won't be as good as this. Well, Philip, we set the bar quite low, so um, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure you'll be all right. <laughs> good to hear from you, Phil. Um, Dino too just finished listening to the first secondary podcast of the season. Great job, boys! And once again, it was so lovely seeing you in Liverpool last month. Yeah, it was. We, it was. Yeah, I mean, Dino. Every time we met you, we were all drunk. There was not a sober moment between us. And I think that's exactly how we like it. There was on the ferry. Was you sober on the ferry? Well, I was. Was Dino? Were you Dino? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> were you, Matt? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did have a cider, didn't you? Or some? Or did Adrian have a cider? Somebody had a cider. I had a Diet Coke. Yeah. Which and a bag of crisps. I did think was Monty okay, was he? <laughs> <laughs> it was like 11 o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah, true. But, you know, it's Eurovision. It's always... Eurovision drinking time at Eurovision. I don't know. There's a rule. There's some kind of written rule. There was Eurovision o'clock somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We also had a few tweets, but Eurovision Joey said, Afeshta got my douce in the Oge poll. So intrigued as to what wins here. He's talking, of course, about a Portuguese episode, which not any spoilers, but I think he might be happy. I think not. so. Might be. 
Neil from Monster Gigs says, Congratulations, Second Cherry, on your 100th episode. I'm enjoying it, especially because I'm on holiday in Portugal, Ooh. listening to it at the moment. Loving Edmundo Ignacio. The more I listened to it, but thought Mimicat was the right choice. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Likes a bit of his traditional fardu, does yeah. not Neil. And then, uh, well, he's our good friend, really. Uh, David Allwood, who is Mr. Gay UK. Mr. Gay... Great Britain, apparently. But you have to explain that to us, David, because I thought you were England and now you say Great Britain. But to us, you're Mr. Gay Eurovision anyway. Um, he said, So good to have Matt and Monty back in my ears on their fabulous secondary podcast. I followed the Eurovision National Finals more than ever this year, ready for this moment. Nothing but love for these two. Oh, very sweet. David, you. bloody gorgeous. Um, and then also we had our perennial uh, tweet from Bob. <laughs> Which was simply, my favourite podcast is 100. Tired and old? Never. They just get better and better. Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> Thank you little charmer, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. And we did have just a final thing in my mailbag is an email f- entitled, A Eurovision Bear. Oh, we it, like one of those. It did pique my interest. And it says, new to podcast. Hi, Matt and Monty. Just come across your Finland podcast recently and really enjoyed it. I agreed with Matt with Benjamin. It was my favourite of UMK as well. Looking forward to your future podcast, Mark. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. Grr, as the bears <laughs> say. Woof, as well. I don't know why bears woof, because bears don't woof. But, yeah, I know. It's you a bit know, weird. Dogs woof. But, you know, we can be old dogs, <laughs> as well as bears. <laughs> and that is my mail sack, or our mail sack, emptied. So it's over to Belgium to review their national final. It was called Eurosong 2023. That's original. It was held on the 14th of January in the Palais Douze in Brussels. Now, it was one show for the final, but there were actually five club shows that were televised in the run, the, the evenings running up to it. And this is because it had a slightly strange format this year. Each of seven competing acts had two songs each, and they performed them in the club shows, and then they had to decide which one of them they wanted to take to the final. Mm. They were given advice by their fellow competitors, which they could take or not. And so that's how they whittled them down to okay. seven songs. So we had seven songs in the final, and in the final they were judged 50% by the jury and 50% by the televote. We had some on-screen commentary as we went along from uh, four members of the expert jury who were sat on stage, and there were 11 other jury members who did not sit on stage, presumably because they weren't famous. But on stage, <laughs> we had Alexander Rybak, Nikki de Jaeger, Nikki Tutorials, uh, Laura Tessera, and Jeremy Macchiesi. Wow. Yeah, very nice lineup there on the stage. And they pontificated, give their views after each song was performed. Um, but then it was a 50-50 vote um, for that. Now, I was at this final. You were? I was, yeah. I had a really nice time, actually. We had a really lovely weekend in Belgium. The Palais 12 was part of the complex where the 1987 Eurovision contest 
was held when it was held in Belgium and it's out by the Atomium uh, and also by the Atomium is this sort of model village called Mini Europe which I went to <laughs> many years ago and it's fabulous I was in my element watching that but yes that's where we were and um, yeah there was a little party in the arena in the hall after the national final so there's a DJ came on and there were three acts we had um, Kate Ryan Lillian Saint-Pierre sang Soldiers of Love and Sandra Kim Nice. And we pretty much missed all of them. (laughs) (laughs) We were in the bar queue, which was enormously long, when Sandra Kim was on, so completely missed her. Uh, We came back into the hall with our drinks when Kate Ryan was halfway through a set, so she'd sang the Eurovision song. (laughs) Shut that door. (laughs) Shut that door. (laughs) And she was doing Désenchanté by Mylène Farmer, which, of course, I love. So I did get to see her singing that. And then we decided to leave and go to a bear bar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we missed the answer, yeah. <laughs> there you go, guys. Like top-notch journalism. <laughs> right I have a question for you, actually. So Belgium isn't known for its Eurofans necessarily, necessarily on 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 scale. Um, did you get when you were there? Did you get like everyone was there for the the Eurovision moment? Were they? Was it like a big fan moment? There were some fans in the audience, but actually it was quite a lot of sort of you know families and just interested people who were there. Didn't feel. I mean, they they may watch Eurovision, but they didn't. They're not part of the sort of the international traveling fan set mm. that we see. There were a few um, people had travelled in, a few of the sort of you know diehards like me. Um, but no, I didn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't as if, like, sort of, you know, fans descended en masse. Um, but it was just a nice little final. It was one of the first um, of the season. Um, it got me to Brussels in January, which was particularly bleak for me this year. Um, and just a lovely, lovely weekend to go away and do that. Yeah, I was very jealous not to go. I thought I, I watched it with a singer-song friend of mine and, um, yeah, got a different kind of commentary. But, um, yeah, no, I was a bit gutted. It looked like you had a great time. Yeah, it was fun. Very much fun. So, of course, we know that Gustav was the winner with Because of You. And so let's have a little listen to that now. Matt, what did you think of Gustav? Do you know what? Initially, he was quite low down my list. In fact, he might have been last place on very first listen. He jumped up a little bit once I saw the live performance, but was still a like crazy surprise winner for me when he won. And I was a bit disappointed. But my God, what we got at Eurovision was just exceptional. And I'm so glad that I was wrong. <laughs> the way he engaged up to the contest as well. I mean, I I was surprised. I was really surprised that it won because it wasn't really on my radar as a winner at all. But it went down so well in the hall and I think there were, you know, there were elements of the performances of the other songs or elements of the songs themselves which just didn't cut the mustard in the national final. So it was actually easy to see how he came through with a very competently performed song. Um, and one that 
just really got people going. Um, and I just thought when I saw people's reaction to it in the hall, I was like, oh, you, this is one to watch. This is going to do much better than many people think. And of course, as the season went on, I think people did then start to expect he could do quite good things. But what a great result. He was seventh in the final. He even moved up a place. He was only eighth in the semi-final with 90 points, but he doubled that amount of points in the final and moved up um, uh, a place as well. That's pretty good going. That shows a kind of, you know, when a song's got a bit of momentum behind it. I, I think it was catching momentum. And I also think running order and stuff like that played its part. Some things f- land differently midweek than they do Saturday night. And uh, different fans voting and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely deserved. I just think he's a lovely guy. Performed the hell out of that song. It's good fun. It's what we want. Yeah, really happy about that. So Gustav, the winner of the Belgian final, let's have a little look at the also runs and see which one we think deserves a second chance. So someone is by Hunter Falls. It's called Ooh La La. Matt, Hunterfalls has a lovely beard, doesn't he? Yes, a beard improves every man. That's something we agree upon. Um, just make a little note of that. Uh, he, he reminds me of, there's an artist in the UK called Frank Music, who, uh, he's a bit Brexity, so I'm hasten to, <laughs> to, to mention him. But uh, look him up. His music is very 80s inspired. And this kind of reminds me of that, of sort of his, his early music. Um, it's a fun pop song. Uh, and a great opener of the show. It, it opened, it was just the, the best thing to open. Hunter, or Hunter Falls, he's engaging. And although the song is quite static, the sort of the psychedelic background, 70s psychedelic, and all the shapes and colours, I think it kind of just draws him out a little bit more. And he does move around at the end, which kind of gives a bit of energy. I really like this. I've got psychedelic written down in my notes as well. It's quite psychedelic in the backdrop. And there's some quite interesting sort of orangey silhouettes um, of him and his backing dancers on the uh, the, the screen behind him. Um, he starts a little bit falsetto, but it only seems to last for a, a line. I'm not sure whether it's meant to be there or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a little funky disco number. It's quite jolly. It's quite lively. Um uh, there's a bit in the performance in the middle of it where he sub- stops and mops his brow with a tissue. Kind of like, is that meant to be in shots or <laughs> presumably so? But did, did he do it sexy? I can't remember. Did he? Well, he did it sort of sweatily. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be sexy or wiping your brow? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a little bit flimsy, but I thought that of Gustav as well. And look what what happened to him. So you know, let's not write something off just because it's a bit flimsy and populist. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. I think it's a great song. And um, uh, I, I do like, he talked about his name, Hunter Falls, because I think he, he took ages to explain this when I saw him in the interview. But he was saying Hunter, because he's like, you know, hunting and it's kind of his personality. It's kind of what I think he was trying to say. Um, and then Falls, because he was born in the autumn. I see. I mean, it smacks of like gay porn star <laughs> to me in terms of the name. Hunter Falls in the wood. <laughs> In the backwards. In the back. <laughs> Moving on. Song number two is Sharine with Samuipa. Monty, I have copious notes. First of all, what do you think? Well, I mean, this is an assault on the senses, really, isn't it? It's, um, there's a lot going on in this. Um, it Doesn't Bore Me is the title, and um, she's right. There's nothing on that stage that's boring. <laughs> there's uh, a lot on that stage that is, um, well, eye-catching, shall we say. Um, she starts by taking a selfie, so she clearly go to Instagram that moment later um, and then um, everything kind of takes a turn really there's uh, there's a furry arch and that's not a euphemism <laughs> that she walks through at some time um, there's there's what at first looks like a kind of one-eyed octopus yeah but then is maybe more of a beetle um, with this enormous sort of great cardboard eye that she gets a little bit caught up in at one point <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's a, a a flower that's running around the stage. Um, it's kind of it's a little bit Teletubbies. It's it's exact in my notes. I've got children's character from a TV show. It's because you talk about that flower. It's not just it's not just a big fuck off flower. It's one of those kind it of blow up though. suits. Yeah. Which, you know, those sumo suits when they blow up and they're really weird and they're kind of squidgy and just they look a bit awful. It was that. And you can, at one point, the camera was behind this flower. So you didn't get to see it. You saw like the little, I don't know, opening you used to blow it up. It was like you could see the seams of it all and it just was bad already. And then some of the staging, uh, the, the camera work wasn't working for it. It was a bit odd for me. Yeah. I mean, if. Hunter Falls' presentation was a bit psychedelic. Shireen's is when your trip has fully kicked in. (laughs) You've double dropped and you shouldn't have. (laughs) She's singing, um, uh, you know, after the rain comes the good weather, after the good weather comes the rain, and I'm waiting, I get bored, I get bored, she says. Um, And, um, but then she's singing basically about sort of, you know, if she meets somebody, then they will, um, they'll reverse her boredom. Um, and uh, she's singing, come on, tell me anything. I promise you, it doesn't bore me. So, yeah. <laughs> well, she's earnest. I'll say, give her that. But I, I do think this was the favourite going in. Mm-hmm. It was the clear favourite going in. And I think that's because it had, you know, it harps back to a, you know, a Eurovision yesteryear kind of sound. And also because of these pre-rounds, as it were, um, with the second song, 
we got to see a performance of it, but it was a scaled back performance and none of that stage in, <laughs> which I think screams loads that as soon as you add that stage in, she dropped. I think she must have known this was the one of her pair of songs that she was going to take because you couldn't have just invented that staging for it in a couple of days. Oh, I don't know. Or well, maybe she did. Well, actually, no. Now I think about that, you do have a point. Furry Arch. Yes, please. We've got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, the positive is this. I love the bright colourways of it all. It's fun. The singing did lose its way the more the song went on. But yeah, the staging, it was a real killer hit to it. It was overblown, blown up children's, whatever it was. Uh, it just looked cheap and a little bit self-indulgent, which I find, I don't think she is that character, actually. I think the whole thing just didn't represent her very well. I was sat behind a couple of people who either may have been in her support party or knew her somehow because they were really cheering for it. They were really, really going for it. Um, and, you know, they were not interested in any of the other songs. <laughs> they were just there to support her. But, yeah, they didn't get their wish in the end. Song number three is called Roller Coaster, and it's by The Starlings. So Matt, this is a male-female duo. The male half of the duo is known to us at Eurovision. He was the 2010 Belgian entrant, Tom Dice, who sang Me and My Guitar. Yeah, I didn't didn't recognise that. (laughs) How have the years been to Tom? Um, I mean, he looked quite happy. He looked quite competent on stage. Um, Yeah, I'm not... uh, I haven't got a huge amount to say about this. I've got to be honest. I do like a good acoustic guitar... Uh, ditty but I think you need a really strong vocal or striking vocal to pull it forward when it's acoustic Uh, and the Starlings aren't really doing that both of them either of them it feels like when an artist is doing an acoustic version of a much bigger pop production and I think I would have liked that from them I think it might have worked better um, I mean, who am I to tell them what to do creatively? But I felt like it, it felt like it was paired back. I do like the sentiment of it being on a roller coaster. The ending has a bit more energy, the clappy clappy, but I just, it just didn't do very much for me. Yeah, there's this kind of sort of cliche about, you know, sort of, he's, uh, my heart is stumbling around a fairground. Um, the demons are eating up inside of me, my ghost screaming like a madhouse. And, you know, this whole thing about, you know, things going on the the monsters underneath the bed living inside my head um you know life's a roller coaster hold on it's a roller coaster but it makes you strong and it, it's just a little bit cliched yeah yeah i mean i quite like the tune actually there's a there's a quite a nice melody in there um but i'm not sure that the starlings are able to tease the best performance out of this song number 4 then is amira with the carnival Stay where you be long. Wow. 
Monty, thoughts on Amira? Well, we've got another kind of sort of fairground carnival circus type vibe going on here. Um, lots of red in the costumes. Um, the, the, they almost like vaguely like light fetish. A bit like Anne Summers goes to the circus. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, it's quite a nice pop song. Again, it's using like the circus theme, and there's um, you know, she's uh, she's calling out all of the um, all of the freaks to come out and party at the carnival. Um, and I quite like that. I think um, you know, we've we've seen themes like this in a couple of songs. I'm thinking, you know, the UK K final a few years ago um, with freaks, and the Norwegian final. There was a kind of song that was reminiscent of this. Um, in it well the um, lyrics are quite good though which she says um, it's not a freak show until all of the freaks come out yes I just think it's a, the wording of that I loved it yeah yeah um, for me though this is it feels quintessentially like a national final song that will only ever be a national final song it doesn't feel like the kind of song that is going to qualify uh, or win a competition yeah it's pop by numbers yes I think the styling is perfection, though. When you <laughs> when you contrast it to Shireen and her um, Teletubby animals, I think the there's queer styling. There's there is a well, let's make freaky sort of um, silhouettes and freaky sort of makeup, but do it stylishly. And I think that's the performance element of this has been really thought about. Freak show, but make it fashion. Yeah, exactly that. It what it is though. It's exactly. Um, there's a bit in it there's some whistles which are for six to eight bars or however long it is but it's just a nice little break from the singing and it just adds that little bit of something I think from a production point of view that's really clever in songwriting just a little whistle that sings this basic melody Um, I think it's quite nice you can't take away the catchiness from this and I think uh, this sticks with me more than say the Starlin song I can't recall that song even now Uh, but I, I can recall this song it, a perfect delivery from Amira. I think she's great. Happy to have this on my 2023 playlist. And the fifth song that we are going to discuss today is called You Lift Me Up. And it's by Loredana. Matt, not Loredana Berté. No. Our beautiful icon from <laughs> uh, San Remo in Italy. This is a different Loredana. Very much so. Um, everything about this, though, is late noughties Eurovision uh, for me. If you're collating a load of songs to go into a national final, then this lands on your desk. You're going to put it in the show because... It's just hitting so much criteria for a music show that you want. However, the <laughs> the song is a little bit a basic AF, uh, but God, I I, I love its simplicity uh, and Laura Donna's commitment to the cause. Um, uh, it's 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 not the best pop. It's not the best pop song, I have to say, uh, or dance song. There is a day glow robot that appears towards the end which is a choice 
probably the most interesting thing about it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm not sure it works. But um, I, I think it's this just it kind of throws me back to early Eurovision in the early noughties. It's like a big transformer that comes on to the stage, like this robot thing. Um, I think there is something more interesting in that, and that's the dancers, which I remember wanting to have a closer look at from where <laughs> I was sat in the audience. I mean, this is banging Europop dance song. Uh, the dancers are banging, they're crouping their creels all over the floor. It's cliched nonsense. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, you lift me up, give me wings to fly, touch the highest sky. I mean, it's like every cliche in the book. Um, you know, there's nothing original here. But she does commit to it with some gusto. Yeah, totally. I, I As I said, I watched this with a friend of mine who's a singer-songwriter, and he was like almost humming like sing along with it before the the she did it's like you've heard this song or you've written this song a million times before we've all heard this song a million times before <laughs> and so it was really interesting uh that he could do that um but yeah i i, oh, I love it but i kind of hate that i do like, oh no uh, embrace it embrace the trash that's yeah. what we're here for okay oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> my god if you can't embrace the trash on second cherry when can you that's why we're here <laughs> so that's our five songs which one of those do you think is going to get a second chance we'll find out after this matt and monty's good thing of the week that is good it's good oh that's good that is you know what this is by now. This is our feel-good segment to combat all the crap you read online, especially on Twitter nowadays. And, um, yeah, good thing of the week. This week, in fact, just today, in fact, literally just a, an hour or two ago, Loreen is in the UK, in London, and she's been honoured at the Attitude Pride Awards 2023. We know Attitude. That's uh, some of the stuff I've been writing for. I have been banging on about it. And they have, it's a big, uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's a big magazine, a big brand, uh, media title in the UK and across Europe who uh, just cover all things queer. And their awards, they do this every year. They kind of have different categories and it's all celebrating queerness. And Lorene's obviously been nominated and won. She is pride icon. So she's been honoured tonight. And has won. And uh, yeah, she, she was there at the show and she's, she's, and she did a little speech. And I just want to read this out because it made me feel quite warm inside, actually. She says, the thing is, I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for the LGBTQ plus community. I was a struggling artist back in the day, knocking on every door, asking, hey, where can I be? Can I be here? No, you can't be here. Can I be here? So she kind of had these issues of being different. She goes on to says, I don't wear any shoes, I like snow on stage, I had all these ideas, but then I knocked at the community's door asking, hey, can I be here with you guys? And they said, well, we like you just the way you are. So she's sort of told all this sort of feeling about how the queer communities embraced her and how it shaped her as an artist. And I thought that's quite lovely. That is very lovely. It's really nice to see. Um, The Attitude Pride Awards, they often try to um, reward 
unsung heroes, people who are doing work within their communities that's maybe not so recognised, um, as well as having, you know, the big names to, you know, uh, draw attention to the awards. Um, but my colleague won an Attitude Pride Award a few years ago. Oh, wow. And my a fabulous colleague, Tony, who runs our drug and alcohol service at work, who is one of the most amazing people and one of the most experienced therapists probably in the world working with queer people. Um, they just do amazing, amazing work. And they got their award from another Eurovision connection. It was award it was given to them by Duncan from Blue. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah. it was really nice. Oh. It was a lovely evening at the the ceremony. So it's really nice to see Lorraine win one of those awards as well. Yeah, that made us feel very nice. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh that's good that is. So there's only one thing left to tell you, apart from how to get in touch with us, of course, but we tell you that every week. But who is going to be the Belgian second cherry? Well, the team have decided that we want a bit of fun. So we've come with Shireen. <laughs> <laughs> Which we guarantee you will not be bored by. No. <laughs> and uh, we're just going to crank it up loud and we're going to have a party. So let's... um. This remind you of how it goes. Shireen there, Simon Wibah. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to be in our bulging sacks, you can get in touch. You can follow us and you can uh, message us on Twitter at Second Cherry, on Instagram at Second underscore Cherry, and on Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast. And you can email, just like Mark, our lovely Eurovision Bear did, on... Hello at secondcherry.vision. That is. Hello at secondcherry.vision. Yes, you can email us. We would love to hear from you. That's Belgium. That's Belgium. Yes. Should we tell them what we're doing next week? Uh, yeah, shall we? Yeah, why not? Go on. We're doing Lithuania. Mm, we certainly are. We'll see you for the next episode then. See you then. Bye. Bye.